So the other day at the farm, uh, two kids came up with a, a, you know, sort of medium-sized tree. Their family had already come and gone with their tree, and they said, hey, we found this lying on the side of a path, and we were wondering if, uh, you know, what sort of price you would ask for it if we wanted to get it for our dog. And I was thinking, I don't know, okay, that tree is, you know, half the normal size, plus it was already cut, and I said, 15 bucks. I said, okay, and went off. And I thought about it, and as I saw the mom approaching with the money, I said, you know what? I'm really embarrassed that I asked any money for that tree. It's on the house. You know, your, <laughs> your kids should have that little thing for their dog. All, you know, for sure. And I don't want anything from it. She said, are you sure? I said, yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, I said, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking telling them 15 bucks, but I want to just give it to them. And, you know, she was happy to pay. She had the money. It wasn't an outrageous price to ask for it, but it, it was a moment when I had to catch myself and remind myself of the kind of generous person that I want to be. And so I thought I'd talk a little bit about generosity as it pertains to this time of year. This time of year, we're, you know, we're selling a lot of things to a lot of people in person. And the way our Christmas tree farm works, it's a flat rate. Trees are $40 any, any size, and so some people get a lot of tree for that money. Some people get a small tree for that money. And my wife was doing one of our off-farm sales, and she said to me that evening, she said, you know, somebody asked for a discount on a tree and I gave it to them and it's really bothering me now. Like it's really, it's like, it's like really bothering me at the back of my mind. And I said, yeah, that's, that always happens to me when somebody asks for a discount and you give it to them. Because in my experience, that has a very different flavor than simply giving someone a discount spontaneously. And I think it comes down to the sense of control, right? When you give somebody a discount, when you're generous with somebody, it's like you are, you are deciding the type of person you want to be. And huh, these raindrops are really messing with my screen. Hold on, let me... Uh, there we go. Uh, you know, you're just, jeez, you're, de <laughs> you're deciding what kind of person you want to be. You're deciding that you want to be a generous person in that moment. And conversely, when somebody asks you for a discount, it's like you're being put on the spot. Are you a generous person or not? Right? But it kind of feels like you're being pressured into it. Well, because you are. Uh, and that doesn't feel good. And so my policy is always to not give discounts when people ask for them, but to give discounts when I feel it's appropriate when people don't ask for them. So, you know, I, I give a handful of discounts out each weekend, right? Some 
older couple comes up, it's pretty clear that they're, you know, don't have much means. And I give them a discount and they're super stoked about it. And they're like, great, we're coming back every year. This is awesome, right? You know, like I've, I have, uh, won them over by seeing them as people. Woo! All right, it's time to turn around. My back to this wind. Come on, Willa. And, uh, you know, whereas somebody who asks for a discount, it's like, you know, these are, I could see if somebody was asking for a discount if it was an expensive item, but uh, these are already trees priced at the bottom end of the price bracket. So that's why it's helpful to have a flat rate. I can say, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, trees are what they are. And I would rather take a tree that somebody had cut back from them and put it in the pre-cut pile or turn it into a, you know, cut it down, turn the greens into a reef, than, than give in and, and, and give somebody a discount under those circumstances. Um, maybe that's just me. I also think that when we put things on sale like that, whether it's in the moment because somebody asks or whether it's, uh, you know, craft work that we put on sale. We are training people to wait till things are on sale for us. And we're also telling them that our stuff is overpriced. Now, I don't have any problem with lowering my price. You know, if you, well, here's a, here's a great, uh, think of how I want to say this right if you are selling your work and it feels like it's not moving and you want it to move faster just lower your price but don't tell people you're putting it on sale just change your price to being lower and and I think that that will give you a clearer sense on what a price point is that people feel is okay for your work and that's going to be different for each of us and different at every point in time but when you lower your price but say that you're doing so because you're putting something on sale that really muddies the waters of why are they buying are they buying because it's on sale and they feel like they're saving money or are they buying because the price point is a fair price point for the value that they perceive and so your data that you get from putting things on sale versus simply lowering the price and moving forward from there is very different. You get cleaner data from that second scenario where you don't put things on sale. Thank you very much for listening. Talk tomorrow. Good morning and welcome to Emmett Audio. So, I thought I'd talk today about the things that I've found helpful for avoiding the holiday slump. Um, this time of year is, is, we are right on the turning point, um, actually. Leading up to this weekend, I've still been in go, 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 go mode, sort of doing as much as I possibly could. But this coming week, I'm gonna start taking a couple hours each day and doing other things and then the following week, I'll, I'll start really 
pivoting to sort of larger projects that um, that I haven't been able to do because of time at the farm and and what happens historically to me is that I don't get sick until I stop pushing so hard at the farm and then my body says oh you can get sick now and also I, I feel a great sense of purpose when I'm in that drive when I'm when I'm pushing as hard as I can and then as that starts to to ease uh, I, I start to face this sense of okay well uh, you know if I'm not pushing as hard then it's complicated. It's not like if I'm not pushing as hard, I don't feel as good about myself, but there must be some subliminal aspect of that. It's just, I don't think that it's, I don't feel good about myself when I'm not pushing as hard. It's just in contrast. When you're pushing really hard, you feel good about yourself. And so even if it doesn't swing to the absolute opposite, it's just the comparison between where you were and where you are now as things slow down that can leave you feeling kind of deflated slumped and I've never had depression as far as I'm aware and it never gets as far as depression but I do I do feel uh, each year a sense of kind of I don't know a deflation and so I have I've, I've explored a number of different things each year each year I get a little better at it here we are 15 years in and I I'm still trying new things and here's the things that I that I'm gonna be doing this year so <clears throat> on the hormonal front um, I have picked up doing a cold plunge every day and we just have a bathtub behind our house that we keep filled with a hose and it has a lid on it just to keep gunk out and to keep some heat out of it in the summertime but uh, it, it will ice up so the other day I, I took the time to pour hot water on the ice and get the ice all cleared out um, and refilled it with fresh water and each time I use it I fill up a canning pot like a giant pot full of hot water from the tap and I pour it in just to bring the level up to a level where I am not telling myself this is ridiculous I don't want to do this um, it's still quite cold it still makes my body you know go into shock essentially um, but it's not so brutal and that I think that's gonna be really important for helping me maintain the habit my understanding from Andrew Huberman's podcast is that research does not find that colder is better and that longer is better my understanding is you know, a minute to three minutes is ideal, and it doesn't need to be ridiculously cold to give you the benefits of cold plunge, and, and sort of the primary benefit of cold plunge is giving you a stable increase in dopamine that lasts for hours. And. So that's something I've been doing. It feels amazing. I mean, I, I just feel I just feel great, and 
And that's something I've been doing that's new this year. I did not do anything like that this last year. The other thing I'm doing is grounding. So I'm doing my daily exercises, which right now are dragging the sled and, and doing these Nordic hops and, and some stuff for my triceps to get me ready for skiing season. And, and um, I've been doing them barefoot. Now sometimes it's, if it's too cold out, it's really painful. And if there's actual snow or slush on the ground, uh, I don't get enough traction to pull the sled with my bare feet, I have found. Uh, it's thrilling in a sort of perverse way to go out barefoot in the snow. But the, the main thing I've found is just doing stuff barefoot um, really does help me feel better. Um, it helps, it feels, I can feel the inflammation leaving my body. Now, I don't understand the science well enough to explain it to you, but it has to do with the electrical charge of the earth and the electrical charge of yourself. And uh, my understanding is that there's real science behind it. It certainly feels amazing. I take the time to lie on the grass in my lawn, even if it's, you know, wet or cold. Um, lie on my back in the grass and it just you know it's like that feeling you get when you lie in the grass in the summertime it really there's something going on at a physiological level that feels amazing now from a psychological standpoint um, there are two things that I am leaning into the first is human connection right trying to like I have on my list for this next week to call my grandma and have a nice conversation with her and then on the week following that I want to go have lunch with her um, you know, ramping up the the human connections that I make uh, and, and that I have is a really important counterpoint towards the, the Christmas tree season easing down. Um, and then making sure that I have projects that I'm working on, both short-term projects, like things that, you know, I'm just gonna take a couple hours, longer sort of middle-term projects, like, you know, wrapping up my bookkeeping for the year and and then really long-term projects like starting <clears throat> this new book that I'm going to start. All of those things are, are really critical to have in place, sort of know what I want to be working on. Not so much that it feels like I have things crowding in on me, but so, so that I have <coughs> both a structure to my day, which will, you know, maintain and have my dailies and my, my daily exercises. And there's a lot of structure to my day already, but then having sort of a sense of how I want to use the time. And if I want to take the time, take it easy, watch a movie, lie around, I, I schedule that time in too. But make it deliberate, make it conscious. And then finally, the, the last thing that I do to help me with the holiday slump is to be thinking about the next year and what I want the overall picture of the next year to be. Um, I have this group of friends that I talk with each week and Every year we fill out a, essentially a rubric that's like, what are our goals for this next year? What are we, you know, what are we hoping to, where are we hoping to be at a year from now? What are we hoping to have done um, a year from now on, on both a professional and a personal and a relational level? And um, it's time to review that and a new one and I find that process we've done it for the last two years three years and I find that process tremendously helpful both in terms of subliminally giving me uh, a target to hit um, on a number of things but also 
as an exercise this time of year to be thinking out into the future and, and you know, recognizing that this, this period of relative quiet is a period to be planning what comes next. And all of those put together, the physical, the relational, and the, 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 the other projects and goals, all tie together to help me not feel that slump. Here I am at the farm. Thank you for listening. Talk to you